Kenna mutsabi moloi. Morari wa Albertina, Mama Chona, le Joseph Mbutana moloi. Kele le kholokwe le hlaba kotswana. Le hlaba go ka le mao ka sebono. Le hlaba le isa gorong ha magotlwana. Magotlwana a eja a ihalana. A re khutla hape we eketsa motho wa wetsi. Welcome to the journey with Mpo podcast. A sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. Hello, Journey with Mpo family. Our guest today was raised on the mean streets of Disneyland, California. He says he's honed his social distancing skills from a young age by writing lyrics and music and singing to himself. After college, he auditioned for TV shows, plays, and musicals, but could not escape parental encouragement to become a doctor or nurse. Afraid of people's insights but wanting to help others, he returned to school for his master's degree in social work. John is currently working towards becoming a mental health clinician to help the insides of people's minds and write music to touch the insides of their hearts. Prior to this recording, John and I had our phone interview. I explained to John that I am passionate about understanding and cultivating mental health. Initially, my focus was on women. However, once I started my in-depth journey, I discovered that men suffer from mental illnesses too. Hence, ever since this discovery, I have been engaging both males and females in conversations aimed at creating a space where we can comfortably come together and brainstorm solutions. After explaining all this to John, he said, I'm passionate about mental health too, so why don't we break up the episode into two parts? Welcome to part one of Soulful Intentions with John Mick, a conversation about mental health and illnesses. Please keep in mind that this is a conversation between two friends and none of this information should be construed as medical or professional advice. John and I are here to support your journey into becoming an informed patient and support system for others. So let's get started. Hi, John. What's good? (laughs) I don't know why I just said that, but it's cool. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited. Me too. This sounds like fun. This is my favorite topic and I'm so excited to be doing it with like someone who is studying some part of the mental health system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Man, so what does mental health mean to you? Mental health means to me underrepresented uh, facet of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're always told what to eat, how to exercise, um, how to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times nobody really tells us how to take care of our minds so um sometimes people don't know how to cope with a lot of what's going on in their minds and uh, uh being aware of that leads you to growth yeah. or hopefully leads you to growth yeah hopefully <laughs> yeah in your opinion what are some of the aspects that make it difficult for society to accept or even acknowledge mental illnesses in men um uh, well, for example, uh, growing up, I would sometimes have angry outbursts mm-hmm. and, um, 
uh, sadness and and my parents didn't know how to handle it mm-hmm. uh, my dad told I remember my dad telling me one time that I, I can't act that way mm-hmm. I can't I can't make any outbursts so I learned to keep things to myself mm-hmm. and let all that pain and anger just fester inside of me mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's a common experience for a lot of men is that we're supposed to be um, emotionless and that's yeah. that's not healthy that's not healthy for anybody really mm-hmm. I think you know I listened to my mom and her growing up experience too and I think they grew up in a time and maybe you can speak for your parents too but I feel like my mom grew up in a time where it the conversation just wasn't had you know, mm-hmm. you were the child and the child behaves in this manner and there is no room for any mental breakdown mm-hmm. because we're your parents and we're doing everything we can and you should be grateful. And so there was never a time to pause and really reflect. I think millennials are doing a better parenting job. And I, I don't know what the statistics are or what the you know mm-hmm. numbers are, but I think we've been more exposed to what the repercussions of not dealing with it properly. If you're telling people, don't cry, don't do this. Now is not the time for your emotions and not allowing or cultivating that space for your children can really run a long way in terms of the kind of adults that they end up being, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. And, um, for, for the older generation, uh, I would say that, they just have different priorities. Mm. Our our priorities and our world is changing, so yeah. um, our perspectives are changing too. That's true. That's true. Do you think the same strategies that are used to encourage women to deal with mental health challenges can be used for men? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, awareness is, is very key mm. to helping people seek assistance with their mental health and and any any positive destigmatizing way of showing that seeking mental health treatment or just being aware of your mental health is a good thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so if you were in charge of appealing to men mm-hmm. to come forward and confront some of the mental health illnesses that they're dealing with what would you do? Uh, what I would do is basically tell tell stories. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of times uh, people connect with a story better than statistics mm-hmm. or uh, data. And mm-hmm. having a person that they know talk about it mm-hmm. opens doors for seeking help. Yeah, And that's why we have the journey with Mpo platform. You know, we tell these stories and sometimes we shy away from directly saying this is going to be a mental health episode, but we hope people listen and -hmm. they go, oh, yeah. So the average teacher down the block does struggle with bipolar Mm -hmm. or the poet, the musician, you know, we're all struggling no matter what background, race, career, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from. We're all confronting it. So I think it can be comforting. 
Okay, so have you ever been diagnosed with a mental health condition? Yes. Um, I have major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I also have, uh, like, a, um, I'm on the spectrum for ADHD. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But it doesn't affect me uh, in my day-to-day. Yeah. Okay, so do you remember a time where your mental health wasn't perfect form and you just never had to question it i mean i go through this all the time i'm like when was i ever okay like i'm obsessed with a little bit of normal i'm like when was the last time i was normal (laughs) um that's hard uh i've always felt very sad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) always uh i say with laughter um (laughs) artist's curse yeah uh my aunt died of cancer when i was very young uh, when I was five, mm-hmm. and um, seeing her go through that that trial and, and getting weaker, it affected me very strongly, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like that whole experience impacted my whole life. So, mm-hmm. as far as I can remember, I've struggled with sadness. Yeah. Since. Do you? come from a family or friendship circles that allow processing or give you platforms to ask how do you feel how did that make you feel growing up I didn't have that Mm. my family my parents are immigrants Uh, that's just not something on their radar they just didn't know about it Mm -hmm. Um, in considering the history of my parents and their parents it's not surprising but uh, I have great friends now mm-hmm. that are very supportive yeah my biggest support always though is my brother mm-hmm. uh, because he he knows how we were raised yes. he knows how we feel um, yeah. and he is the one that I have the most in common with in this world so yeah yeah, yeah it's true siblings definitely will always have that connection you're like okay you went through the same thing and that's kind of how i've been trying to reach out to my sister i'm like i know you know i know yeah <laughs> i really know yeah we have a great mom by the way mom you're very great i know you listen to this because my sister doesn't listen to this i don't want to lose a listener from my mom <laughs> what are some of the experiences you feel directly affect one's mental health uh trauma trauma definitely there's big t trauma like uh abuse and stuff like that but there's also little t trauma loss of of a friend mm-hmm. and uh trauma's trauma and yeah. it doesn't matter if it's big or small it just matters how it affects us mm-hmm. and uh, yeah realizing what that trauma is and how you react to it how you've reacted to it in the past is a good way to take a step forward yeah we were just talking about it earlier with everything that's going on in the world and i was talking about depression taught me how not to attach you know Mm -hmm. allows you to move forward but i i guess before not attaching 
is the acknowledgement step, right? You have to acknowledge that this is happening and this is what I'm going through and yeah. kind of lay it out flat first and then knowing what you're dealing with, say, I choose in this moment not to attach or have it take over my life and make me struggle to get out of bed and to shower and to, you know. Yeah. And that's, it's almost like having two people live inside you, basically. Like the person who's broken down in shambles. Yes. And the person who still needs to pay bills and go to work and yeah. <laughs> live life. Yeah. Um, we can choose to be either person. Mm. But we should always acknowledge that other person as well. Yeah. If we ignore them, that weight just continues to grow. And possibly expands into like addictions to like, you know, there's the person who drinks and the yeah. person who, you know, just maladaptive coping skills. Yeah. Cannot deal. Interesting. Mm. That's why I think it's great to have an outlet to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Like your poetry yeah. or music or it, it could be as something as simple as like drawing stick figures. Yeah. Express yourself. Because that, that'll help you explore what you really feel. I have a question later about that. Like some of the things you think have helped you personally to like, you know, yeah, get through. Of course. But, okay. You see a therapist, correct? I do. Yes. Okay. What inspired or motivated your decision to see a therapist? Uh, I'm going to be completely candid. Uh, in my last committed relationship I was starting to feel uh, detached emotionally from my partner and it was it was making me feel sad and I have coping skills that I were I was using but Mm -hmm. over time those coping skills didn't help so I needed extra support Mm -hmm. I needed extra support from uh uh, therapy and and medication because I've I've had success with that in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that led me to my current therapist. Yeah. And you just took the brave you weren't kind of forced into it because sometimes people my therapist one therapist in particular had asked me like are you here because you want to be here and no one's asked you yeah. to come here because yeah. I think sometimes there are people in our lives who realize that you're going through something and you may need help that is beyond what they can offer and they mm-hmm. say I think you should see someone and so people land up with the therapist not because they want to but you know yeah I wanted to Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the first time I went to see a therapist and seek uh, medication uh, I brought it up to my mom and she uh, a lot of people in the older generation still have stigma attached mm. to mental health treatment and, and she discouraged me from going saying um, you're not crazy you can go to church mm. church will help you and yeah, that, that just wasn't the avenue that I wanted to take. Yeah. Funny enough, that was my next question. Like, the stigma with therapy. How have you dealt with that and confronted it? You know, like, in your social circles, when people are like, hey, can you hang out? And you're like, oh, uh, I've got to go see my therapist, you know. Yeah. Is, is it that casual? Or is it like, oh, no, I'm doing something. So, and it, I guess it depends with who you're talking to, too. It really does. Yeah. Um, What's nice in in my current 
uh, support system, uh, I think we're all very open to therapy. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends are friends from my uh, master's in social work, uh, my master's in social work program at UH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're open to that, but it, it's it's still hard to talk to um, strangers. But I feel that being able to talk about it in a normal, casual way mm-hmm. helps to get rid of that that stigma. So I try to inject it as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. And I think you risk inspiring someone too. They're like, oh weird they just had a conversation about going to their therapist maybe yeah. i could try it too i've had people ask me for my therapist's number they're like oh you speak so well of your therapist can we get his number yeah. i'm like then i'm not gonna have sessions no yeah <laughs> yeah um, okay so i've been to about six therapists in my lifetime mm-hmm one for a day, another for a couple of months, and the rest for a few weeks. How many therapists would you say you've seen thus far? Um, I would say uh, three consistent mm-hmm. uh, therapists. And therapists are people, like anybody else. Yes. Um, so, like people, sometimes you connect with other people ah, more than others. That's my next question. Um, <laughs> So if you find that the first therapist that you go to isn't good for you, that doesn't mean you should stop. Mm, mm. There could be somebody else that that fits your needs mm. in your point in life right now. Yeah, yeah. Have you, like, walk me through the process of ending a relationship with the therapist. I've been a bad, like, in general, romantic relationships, just ending one has been a nightmare because I'm like, okay, you have to do this thing where you tell this person that it's done, done, bye. Mm -hmm. And so even in work situations, like leaving one job to the next has always been hard. So I've kind of not said, oh, I'm kind of busy. My schedule's kind of full. I'll schedule a session with you when I have time. But how do you approach ending or saying, I don't think you're the right match for me or for what my needs currently are at this point? Is it just as easy as saying that? <laughs> Personally, um, I've uh, the, the last time that I uh, verbally ended a... Uh, uh, a relationship with a therapist <laughs> it is, is uh, I told them I'm, I'm feeling better and I'm grateful for the the coping skills that you've provided me I'm very lucky that I've always had positive uh, relationships positive learning experiences with mm. my with my therapist um, if I were to uh, run into a therapist that I didn't like, I probably wouldn't say anything. I would just not not go to them anymore. And that's that's fine. It's like a bad haircut. You know, your hairdresser gives you a bad haircut. Yeah, and just, you're like, thank you very much. Here's your tip. Peace. <laughs> not trusting you with my hair. <laughs> I've had to do that with my hair too. And be yeah. like, mm, yeah, I like this. And I get home and I'm crying. And I'm like, mom, my hair is falling apart. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> this looks nice. Oh man, we're good people. You know, I think because we process 
hurt. And Remy said this very good in one of our episodes too. We overthink everything. We process the insides of people's texts and the emojis and like, what did you mean? But like, what did you really mean? And Mm -hmm. but what did you mean? I'm not understanding. What did you mean? And sometimes it's just surface level meaning. You know, Bodhi said that to me. Another guest from an episode. He's like, Paul, there isn't like a deeper, phenomenal, spiritual meaning to every little thing. Sometimes it's surface level. That's exactly what it means. But I think because as mental health interested people we have that thing where we acknowledge how our words and our actions affect the next person you Mm -hmm. know so you don't want to just go this was a really bad haircut thank you very much (laughs) and storm out you know and people who do i'm like oh my god you're my hero i wish i had those moments (laughs) yeah i would never say that to somebody some confrontation I'm I'm good not experiencing. Yeah, me too. Like, bye. Bye, see you never again. Okay, so therapy is a process requiring great patience. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a time where you were frustrated with or simply not understanding the process? You're like, what are we doing here? What are we trying to achieve? I've always gone into the process with an open mind. Okay. Um, I'm somebody who recognizes that I don't know everything Mm. and I can learn something from each person that I interact with. Mm -hmm. And um, I've I've never had that experience with a a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. I envy you. Looks like you have good therapy sessions. I'm like, oh man. But then you've I've had double the amount of therapists you have. Yeah. So. (laughs) Um, With therapy, most of the time, it's in my experience. I'm just talking, and it's uh, I don't know if you've seen that one meme where it shows a person with like yarn bubble like thought bubbles and then the therapist kind of like reorganizes everything or helps them reorganize everything um that's that's how my therapy sessions are kind of like it's i talk about things and they help channel them into ways that i can understand them better yeah and see that's what i was finding too my mom's pet peeve with going to therapy she's tried to just once or even twice she's like I just have to sit there and talk to someone about how I feel but I have these discussions with myself outside of the therapy room like what is the importance of sitting there the whole time and not like I I don't sometimes I don't think there's a recognition with the fact that talking to someone about something kind of helps you hear it and then maybe figure out something for yourself you know yeah uh i feel like a therapist is a good person to talk to that has no attachments to your life Mm -hmm. they don't know you your people um they don't know your history unless you share it with them Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. they're they're neutral and it's it's nice to have a person support you um that's not judgmental of yeah. your experience but then again it depends on the therapist <laughs> okay so i'm gonna go on like a little bit of an educational route here and talk about 
one of the experiences that I didn't find helpful, and this is not to say it wouldn't be helpful to the next person, but it was my experience with something called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's EMDR. And it was actually re-traumatizing for me. I mean, um, healthline.com provides a good explanation of what the process is. So when you are in an EMDR session, you relive traumatic or triggering expectations in brief doses while the therapist directs your eye movement. This process is thought to be effective because recalling distressing events is often less emotionally accepting when your attention is diverted. Furthermore, allowing you to be exposed to the memories or thoughts without having a strong psychological response. Although there is not sufficient evidence to prove effectiveness, EMDR is used to treat depression, anxiety, panic attacks, eating disorders, and addictions. The difficulty for me was the aftermath of continued processing beyond the walls of the therapist's room. Mm -hmm. It's like I couldn't shut it off. Like Mm -hmm. you activate this traumatic experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and then... It's an hour session with therapists and you're kind of like crying and you have it activated. And then it's the detachment, right? And that's why Buddhism became an important part of my life, like mm-hmm. learning to detach yeah. from that whole thing. Are you familiar with EMDR? Yes, I am. I, I haven't e- experienced it myself. Um, but to touch on one thing that you said, it's like you, you re-traumatize yourself, you open yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's really a therapist's job to help you close back up before going back into the real world. Yeah. So I'm sorry that you experienced that. That shouldn't be Done how you way. experienced yeah. that. Um, and EMDR can work for a lot of people, but there are other kinds of therapies out there yes. that other people can experience as well, such as cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes. Yeah, so... They're, they're different approaches for different people. So That's true. For different situations, too. Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the techniques you have learned in therapy that have considerably helped you? Um, for my anxiety, breathing exercises have been very good yes. for me. Uh, the breathing exercises have also translated to things like yoga... Um, mm-hmm. to, to my sing- singing breathing helps in general <laughs> yeah. it's a very uh, very unassuming thing to, to be aware of is your mm-hmm. breath uh, as far as depression uh, my coping skills are, are typically expressing myself um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, my therapist encourages me to explore the ways to express myself yeah yeah it's interesting you also got a singing bowl just like i do yeah 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 it's fun (laughs) yeah sound healing has been my thing too like the singing bowls and going to sound healing meditations where you just lay on the ground Mm -hmm. and they play for about an hour and a half gongs singing bowls and whatever and it's Initially, I was like, oh, this is a little bit crazy. It's it's all good <laughs> vibrations, right? Yeah. Tell me about Marie Kondo. You Marie Kondo'd your life, too, yeah. recently. Um, <laughs> I think Marie Kondo 
does a really good job of uh, kind of the concept of non-attachment. Like if mm-hmm. something doesn't do anything for you, like get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's um, your shirt that you've had since you graduated high school or or something that you just bought yesterday, if it doesn't serve spark you joy. in any way. Yeah, if it doesn't spark joy, <laughs> get rid of it. And I feel the same way about people and relationships. Mm. Like if, if a relationship you have with somebody is causing more stress than joy, mm. I mean... You can, you have the choice to invest into that relationship as mm-hmm. much as you want, but um, if you feel like it's not helping you, you don't have to keep it. Yeah. So I'll bring you into what has been a touchy subject. And my mom and I, I talk to my mom a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. There is the concept of letting go of the relationships that cause you trauma and do not bring you any joy. But there is also family do those that those relationships seem or feel like they fall in a different category are you if the relationship that's bringing you trauma is your family are we still saying Marie Kondo then (laughs) that's uh where boundaries come into place so you establish uh boundaries with with the people in your life and if they respect those boundaries then you can keep them in, in your life. Um, but if they don't respect those boundaries, they might not respect you. And I know it's hard, um, but it, things in life aren't easy. Yeah, that's true. I've been learning a lot more about boundaries because I'm a people pleaser. I go, yeah. Yes, yes. And so finding the right words right because boundaries can sometimes sound like impoliteness like oh you're so rude you want to hang out on your couch instead of come hang out with me but it's more maybe a simple boundary could sound something like i'm not in the right mental space to provide a healthy environment for both you and i Mm -hmm. And so given that situation, I would prefer we cancel or take a rain check on our plans for today. Yeah. You know, and if they understand, they understand. If they <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel that um, communicating your boundaries is very important. Um, if you set boundaries without saying anything to somebody, they're not going to know. Hmm. they're not gonna know and so they're gonna think negatively about you but if you communicate how you truly feel about a situation then there's no ambiguity there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they'll know what's on your mind and how you actually feel how would you say mental health mental illnesses has affected romantic relationships like your romantic relationships and the ability to maintain those like do you now that you're in therapy do you find yourself having to over explain or make sure that you're being understood in the ways that you intend to be understood right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my whole journey with therapy has been to pursue the true my truest self Mm. and uh I've begun to learn that um, 
in all relationships, uh, if I'm pretending to be another person, it's it's not setting a good foundation for that relationship mm -hmm. if i if i am over explaining something uh, it's really up to that other person how they want to take it and if they don't like me for whatever reason whether it's because i over explain or um am so open about my experience mm -hmm. then that's that's not my problem I feel good. <laughs> we figured this episode would be good for you guys. You know, it's a hard time. John and I have been talking about how what is going on in the world has been affecting our careers and in turn affecting our daily lives. You know, um, have, are you quarantining yourself? You're with me. You're in my house right yeah. now. <laughs> so. I should be doing more um, self-isolating. So I should be doing more social distancing. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's a. Uh, I work in healthcare, mm -hmm. so it's hard not to um, visit people because mm -hmm. part of my job. Um, but. I try to take as many precautions as possible. Mm -hmm. um, our organization makes sure that we do screening questions before mm -hmm. we uh, visit anybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're encouraging us to stay home. Yeah. And in this time that you guys are home, sit with your mind, like sit with your soul and your body and Take some of the tips that we have for mental health and don't take them, <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever you works. Yeah, you, can you choose. choose. Yeah. You choose. And some of the things we've spoken about, like my um, EMDR, I will post the link in the episode notes so that you guys can, you know, figure it out. I will post links of books and maybe I'll have John share some links too that may help to some of the therapy techniques that he is aware of. Breathing exercises are very good. But we just want you guys to use this time to not run from yourself, but to run to yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know? Explore. Yeah. Find the reasons behind how you react to things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And take this time to really heal and come out on the other side of this a better person if they are if there is such a thing as better people. We can choose to be better people, yeah. Stop hoarding. I'm going to keep saying this. Stop hoarding all of the toilet paper, the canned goods, and yeah. stop it. We're all in this together. Yes. And if you are hoarding, cook someone a soup and send it down to your neighbor or your friends or whatever. Yeah, take care of each other. Yeah. Oh, John, it has been phenomenal. We see you in part two of this. Yeah. It'll be fun, I promise. <laughs> Less in the mind and more in the heart. Yes. <laughs> well, that is it from us, JWM family. We are not on Instagram. I am doing so much better without social media. <laughs> I cannot complain. I do miss my Instagram family, but I'm doing good. Until then, Mahonokwe, Keotaba, Rebuile, Aloha.